the stick, up the slot. Miller lost it. Dodonov gets it. Two on one with Stone on the right. Stone to Dodonov. He scores! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Maybe a two on one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores! Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team. Exclusive player interviews and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. And welcome into the VGK Insider Show. It is Thursday, December the 23rd. Darren, Ryan, Chapman all home getting ready for Santa Claus to come visit them. It is the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studio. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... Anyway, as I mentioned, it is a best of show, and we're going to get right into it. About two weeks ago, in fact, it was two weeks ago, tomorrow, the Golden Knights are getting ready to take on the Philadelphia Flyers. And our very own Darren Millard got to participate in Golden Knight practice. In fact, he was the emergency backup goalie. Now, Darren, of course, being the humble guy himself, tried to downplay the significance of it and uh, was actually kind of embarrassed about it, but uh, Darren and Ryan and Chapman, we all uh, had a good laugh about it, and uh, here's that interview, or here's that segment, I should say, uh, from about two weeks ago when Darren got to participate in VGK practice as the emergency backup goalie as a team prepared to play the Philadelphia Flyers. As we found out, he didn't quite give the team the confidence boost that they uh, they were hoping for in that particular game, but uh, nonetheless, we hope you enjoy that segment, and uh, we'll be back. I'll be back, I should say, in a bit. To get you ready for the second segment of the best of on the VGK Insider Show. Aiming for a fourth straight victory. 15 and 10 coming in, 9 and 5 at home, and they have it going on at T Mobile Arena. Uh, they have uh, racked up uh, significant wins on the last two home stands, 5 and 1, the one previous to this, and this one is a four gamer which the Golden Knights have won the first two games, a chance to go 3-0 in this particular homestand. Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace, Section 104 of T-Mobile Arena. You will know that we're at T-Mobile Arena because the uh, the Golden Bells are about to do their rehearsal as we look over the ice just to the right, if you're looking down the surface from where Robin Leonard and Lorraine Bressois will guard uh, for two periods tonight. It will be one or the other, and we are expecting it to be Laurent Bressois to play in consecutive games for the Vegas Golden Knights for the first time in his VGK career. Yeah, and, and it'll be interesting. Uh, you know, Laurent Bressois has has come in and done uh, his job. He, he's, he's really been for the Golden Knights, what they were hoping for, what they were looking for uh, in the offseason in acquiring a backup goaltender. Brassois has been phenomenal so far this year. Uh, he's given the Golden Knights some really solid and strong starts. Just one loss on the year, and, and that arguably was uh, a game in which uh, he didn't have his best stuff, but he was on uh, on the bench before that, didn't have a lot of you know gameplay early on in the season. So I'm curious to see what tonight brings for Loren Brassois and the Golden Knights in goal. You could have uh, made the argument that the Golden Knights would go back to Robin Leonard in this game after being taken out uh, in the contest against the Dallas Stars on Wednesday. 
but this appears to be part of the schedule that uh, that Pete DeBoer, I don't know how much in advance he would plan out his goaltenders, mm-hmm. uh, to be perfectly honest. Some do it a month in advance. Uh, some teams uh, let the goaltending coach do all of the goaltending assignments. And uh, then there's uh, Pete DeBoer, who does have a hands-on control of uh, of which goaltender starts night to night. But this, this had uh, the makings of... Uh, Laurent Brassois appearance all along of uh, four games uh, in this homestand, three games in the week, and you have uh, big teams in Minnesota who are leading their division. Calgary came in leading their division. Uh, Dallas was was on the rise. You would have expected uh, your number one goaltender to play in those games. So with Philadelphia on the other side of, of all that uh, going into the week, you would have said circled and said that that's a game for Laurent Brossois. And now he's got some uh, some confidence built up and being able to to come in here. I mean, his numbers very good. Goaltending uh, goals against average under two and a half. Yeah. Uh, save percentage over nine twenty. Yep. Uh, the uh, underlying numbers are also very good for him, and uh, uh, the analytics of goaltending. So this uh, you're now to the point where, and I I don't count. The Leonard and Flurry tandem, as uh, in this regard, mm-hmm. but you're now to the point with the Vegas Golden Knights where you can play your backup goaltender, and and not be hesitant about it. You'll yeah. you'll still play Brassois against the uh, the likes of the Coyotes or or, or the Flyers and, yeah. and give uh, your number one guy the the complete night off. But at least you, you've got full confidence that you can win those games regardless of of resting your number one guy. Yeah, and it was important to get here at this time because the Golden Knights schedule this month is is a lot. It's a heavy, heavy schedule. There's a lot of games uh, between now and Christmas and the three-day break there. And then, you know, this is a 15-game month for the Vegas Golden Knights, one of the busiest months of the year. You need to rely on both guys to be able to give you quality starts, and, you know, you need to find pockets where you get a little bit of rest for Robin Leonard, and you have to have him fresh for the big games. Game on Sunday against the Minnesota Wild, that's a big one, and you want your number one guy to go. That's why I like the the idea of not allowing what happened in the last game to, to pull you off of what the plan was going into this one. I think all homestand long, this was going to be Laurent Brossois' game. I, I could have seen them make a change. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have been surprised. I'm, I'm glad for Laurent's standpoint. Yeah. That he, that he gets to come back and, and make the, the start because a, a lot of times the, the backup he will think he's getting a start. This this happened all the time uh, in Toronto with Curtis Joseph and Glenn Healy. And, and we'll have to get Glenn Healy on mm-hmm. uh, at some point uh, to talk about this stuff because uh, he would he would be told, you're, you're playing this game. And then they would either have a subpar game right before yeah. or, or something would, would happen. And, and Pat would say, nope, uh, we're going with, with Curtis again. And and he was sitting there going, what do I have to do? What do I have to One of the greatest stories about that, and this story time with Darren Lard. There we go. Uh, we got to get some kind of intro for this. I'm, I'm right? with it. All right, Chapman, can we get some, some kind of uh, intro to story time with Darren? Story time with Darren? Yeah, I'll see what I could do. Okay, thank you. Uh, see if you can get that done in the next seven seconds. Uh, Unlikely. So, so, so there was a game, and I think it was in Dallas at the old Reunion Arena, where things weren't going good. This was the Toronto Maple Leafs, and Curtis Joseph was playing, and Glenn Healy was the backup. And it, it was one of those rinks where the backup didn't sit on the bench, mm-hmm. sat sat in the hallway in the gate where, where the team went off and on. And the game goes sideways for Toronto. 
and during a timeout, <laughs> Pat decides he's going to switch goaltenders. Okay. So he's, he has to send somebody over, <laughs> skate down the ice to tell Glenn Healy that he's going in. Yeah. And Glenn says, nope. <laughs> and the player's like, you, you got to go in. Nope. <laughs> tell him no. No, he's telling me, you, you, Pat says you're, you're going, tell Pat no. I'm not going in. <laughs> so the player has to skate all the way back <laughs> to tell Pat Quinn. Yeah. Glenn says he's not going in. And I don't know whether it was like seven minutes left or one of, one of those weird situations like, oh, why would you change goaltenders or yeah. what, what, what would you do? But uh, but to hear Glenn say, nope, go back and <laughs> tell him I, I'm not going in. Uh, but uh, but Brossois will play tonight, and Brossois will get an opportunity to uh, run his record to a, a very impressive status. Like he's five and one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, five and one. And and as you mentioned, the goals against average look really good. The save percentage looks really good. Like Laurent Brossois has done everything that you would ask him to do in a in a backup role, and he has provided the Golden Knights with strong games. You look back to that first game against the Dallas Stars, and quite frankly, if Laurent Brossois is not the difference in that game, the Golden Knights don't win it. So, you know, there's a lot. Never mind that may not go on to great things, right? For sure. And and so, you know, you need those types of performances from everybody up and down your lineup. And earlier on in the year, like, it was the Golden Knights getting those types of performances from Paul Cotter and Jake LeCision. Like, this is just Laurent Brossois going out, doing his job, doing it to the best of his ability, and giving the Golden Knights the starts that they need when they go to him. Uh, Wanted to just uh, bring up, uh, because I teased it in, in hour number one, what kind of performances that the the Golden Knights are receiving from from certain players, and mm-hmm. and one is is Max Pacioretty, mm-hmm. like, and it's small sample size, mm-hmm. but like, really incredible. Maybe maybe the best hockey that he's played as a Vegas Golden Knight, yeah, in, in a small sample size. Yeah, I mean it, it it you know it'd be hard to find another eight you know seven game stretch where Max Pacioretty's been better. Right, mm-hmm. like, and, and that's that's kind of the big thing for me is is he is impactful in so many different ways. Obviously, the goal scoring that is huge. Uh, what he's been able to do to kind of stabilize the power play. Like, I know the goals. Um, yeah, it came for a couple of games, and and the Golden Knights have been over on the power play for the last couple. But you can't argue with how much better and more dangerous the power play looks with Max Pacioretty on it. And there's. There's bite to his game. There's edge to his game. We've talked about it on this show before, uh, not just this year, but over the course of his career here with the Vegas Golden Knights. There are little things that Max Pacioretty does that irritate the opposition and get them off their game. Minimum five games played. Most goals per game in the National Hockey League. Leon Dreisaitl, .92 with 23 and 25. Yep. That's pretty good. And then Max Pacioretty is second in the National Hockey League in most goals per game at .88 with 7 and 8. Now, he's he's got the fewest games played in, in anybody on this list. Uh, Ovechkin is third, Austin Matthews is fourth, and Chris Kreider is is fifth on that on that list. But .88 goals per game. And we'll see what happens tonight. Uh, Chandler Stevenson not expected to play uh, due to a personal situation. Uh, we'll see uh, which centerman bumps up and plays on that uh, on that top line. The other part uh, that I wanted to acknowledge for the Vegas Golden Knights is after starting this year with just one assist in his first nine games, uh-huh. just he was the best player ever with one point in nine games. Alex Petrangelo. Yep. 
now has 15 points in his last 16 games. Point per game player from the blue line. That's one of the greatest stretches by a Vegas Golden Knight defenseman. Like I said earlier, you expect this from Petrangelo at this point, and he's... But did you realize it was it was 15 and 16? You know, I, I didn't. It was just it was kind of those numbers sneak. specifically. No, yeah. but you know, you you recognize, and, and I remember kind of at the time there was there was some some chatter about Petrangelo and the numbers and why early on in the year he was not able to find the score sheet, and then all of a sudden you you look down through the list of Golden Knights and where everybody ranks. Alex Petrangelo right now is tied for third in scoring on this team. And again, when you when you take the totality of his game and everything that he does, all the little things in his own zone, when you look at just the way that he approaches the game and how much of a stabilizing factor he is in, in every facet, and then you see generating rush chances, then you see Petrangelo's ability to extend plays in the offensive zone. I, I, this guy's around the puck all game long. Whenever he's on the ice, good things tend to happen. Uh, I didn't know it was nearly a point of game, but it doesn't really surprise me because of just how good he has been lately. Uh, just looking uh, among defensemen for goals, too, and Petrangelo has those four goals, mm -hmm. which uh, which leads all defensemen as well. Yeah, uh, Defensive scoring is spread, when it comes to goal scoring, yeah. is pretty balanced on this team uh, because they do get uh, production from everybody. I love what Zach Whitecloud uh, said today. Because people look at Zach like a defensive defenseman, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and he, he's got that uh, that pairing and that chemistry right now uh, with with Braden McTavish. But people people look and and uh, and say, okay, you could he plays with Shea Theodore, it's great. He plays with Braden McNabb, he's he's great. He's he can play play with anybody because he's so responsible. Mm -hmm. But his response was, it's on all six guys yeah. to get up the edge. We all have the the encouragement from our coaches and Ryan McGill to get up the ice. It's not just one. Some guys will produce more points, sure. but all six defensemen are encouraged to get up into the play and be aggressive in the offensive zone. Yeah, the, the funny thing with Zach Whitecloud is, you know, he's, he's a smart hockey player. And when he jumps into the play, when he makes a read and goes for something, thinking specifically about a shorthanded goal against the Anaheim Ducks, like, he knows that he's got the clearance to do that. He knows he's going to get to his spot. He knows that he's going to make the right play. And he also knows that he's got the support on the, on the other side if something were to go wrong. The instincts that he has in the offensive zone are there. And just because he's he's not as, you know, maybe flashy as, say, Shea, say a Shea Theodore or an Alex Petrangelo, yeah. he still has the instincts in the offensive zone to make some things happen. And, and you know, I, I think that he's he's kind of a hybrid in that, in that regard, in that, He's always going to take care of his own end first, but you give him an opportunity in the offensive zone, he's going to find something. Yeah, Dylan Coghlan did some extra work after practice. He was skating uh, with Nolan Pack, so that leads me to believe that Ben Hutton will draw back in as you listen to the background music as the Golden Bells go through their rehearsal here at T-Mobile Arena. the BGK Insider Show, broadcasting live from Section 104 ahead of the Golden Knights and the Philadelphia Flyers. White Cloud, just one more note on him can listen to him all day long yeah some players i can watch all day long mm -hmm. but there's a couple of guys uh alec martinez could talk to him all day long and and 
fire just weird questions because you know you're going to get some some really thoughtful answers. Mm-hmm. Um, there was uh, Alex Petrangelo uh, the same way. I love Mark Stone's uh, delivery. Uh, we have uh, we have Jonathan Marchessault mic'd up tonight on the mm, TV side. That's uh, fun. Now that uh, for a different <laughs> factor uh, is is somebody that you could listen to. And when 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 Marchessault comes into the media availability, you do uh, get some some really neat answers, uh, thought provoking answers that that not only make uh, him like go, mm-hmm, like when you ask the question and and you're you're going wow well, I never thought of that but white cloud comes in uh, Chapman you've been there uh, several times yes in the in city national arena what does he always bring in with him well today he did not have his slice of he watermelon didn't. no I instead wasn't there today, it, so. no no but instead he had a laundry bag that he threw on the ground that saved what? Salmon's feet yeah it was a little red laundry bag so hold on, hold on. <laughs> I'm not sure what that was all oh, about. I didn't but know that. I think he had a he had a cup of something with him, I think, as well. Maybe a cup of coffee. But there have been times he's come in eating watermelon. I think he came in eating an apple once. Always has the watermelon. Oh, he's he's so great though. It's weird. Where were you? Uh I was uh I was actively entertaining uh other people. Everybody? <laughs> no, I actively entertaining everybody. <laughs> I I got to uh be the practice goalie today because uh uh, sometimes at the morning skate, uh, whoever's going to start that game uh, mm-hmm. takes the option, and normally it's an e-bug. The sure. emergency backup goaltender will will be the practice goalie for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, that person I don't think could could make it today. Uh, I am not the e-bug. Don't don't get me uh, bummer. Uh, unfortunately, uh, for everybody, uh, <laughs> including the uh, the Philadelphia Flyers, if I ever went in for Vegas, or uh, sorry for the like goals would be up uh, certainly. But uh, but no, I I did the uh, tend at the twine opposite Robin Leonard. At this morning's uh, morning skate, it was, it was fun. It was it's cool. I've have been out with the guys a few times, sure. and it's always a thrill. Yeah. Like I don't, it's not something I ever uh, get tired of, or or would ever uh, say this is just another day. It is just one of the coolest things that you could ever get to do, especially my age. How many saves did you make? I have no idea. Double I, digits? Uh, uh, oh yeah, yeah. I can I can make some saves. From the sounds of it, not a lot. I I don't wow. I don't. Uh, like two things are going to happen. Sure. One, the the guys are going to get some confidence. Yeah. And two, I'm not going to get hurt. I, I know yeah. enough. I know enough about the position <laughs> that I'm not going to get hurt. Yeah. Although I was doing a, a that we were, I was in uh, for a tip drill. Colasar was doing a, a deflection drill in front, and I didn't didn't go for a shot because I thought he was going to tip it. I was mm-hmm. playing the tip, yeah. and he missed it, and it went in. I'm like <laughs> you're supposed to tip that, and he turned around and looked at me and said, "I'm trying." <laughs> I'm trying to tip it, uh, but uh, no, there's uh, there, there's some cool interactions. I screwed up a, uh, a breakout drill today, and uh, Petrangelo was laughing, and I blew a tire once when everybody was inside doing media availability. Yep. And uh, Leonard asked me after, "How's it going? How's it, how's it going?" I said, "I just blew a tire one time," and I saw that, and he started laughing. <laughs> so there's uh, there's there's some cool moments when you get to be in their environment. Yeah. Very rarely do. Do I spend time with with the Vegas Golden Knights or any NHL people where it's not uh, very, I don't know, formal? Yeah. Where I'm media. Structured. And they're players. And in that regard, uh, I I give the coaches and the players all the credit in the world. They treat me like one of them. Like I am am absolutely for that 45 minutes, Mm -hmm. I'm one of them. And after we go back to our to our lives, sure. And uh, and and the, and I will also say they they 
I appreciate the trust that they put in me mm-hmm. that that I can go out there do that and won't do anything. Sure. Uh, like I you I will say this, you wouldn't have not you would not have known about it. Mm-hmm. had somebody not spilled the beans. Yeah. It was it was not my intentions at all for it to uh to get out. But it's fun. Yeah. I enjoy it. <laughs> and listen, if like but if nobody knew until the me- I Nobody knew until the media availability. I, Chapman's totally Chapman wrong. Says, on, Chapman says no. No, Chapman no, no, no because, because there were, the media knew. The media knew so that you were in. Out. Walk us through the timeline. How did line they there. know? Well, how they knew, and uh, I may get someone in trouble here, but uh, one, of oh, your, one of your uh, VGK broadcast partners um, spilled the beans. Ask Where? Pete in the media session. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Nobody yeah. knew during no, the practice. No, 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 no. <laughs> Nobody I, knew until the I, media I am pretty confident that David Shane knew that it was you back there. There's no way, David, because David Shane's the biggest tweeter in the world. Well, I, next maybe, to uh, next to Jesse Granger, they would have tweeted it out. I I don't know. I mean, they they seem that all indications were they seemed to know it was you. What? what, what no. Yes. That's but, not what I'm pulling from this story. Yeah. I'm with uh, I'm with you guys. Well, he Pete was asked. Pete was asked. He was asked. So Who asked him that too. Well, I'm not going to tell you that. <laughs> I'll let just, you do, I'll let you do the just, investigating on that. Just, just play the clip, Chapman. Okay. So, you, well, you got to set it up. Or Pete not. DeBoer talking about how great of a job Darren Millard did <laughs> stepping in today and how much confidence the guys are going to have tonight's game. Go ahead, play the clip. <laughs> what would be the scouting report? Uh, undersized, slow, uh, uncompetitive. Well, I know I would give him competitive, huh? His, his competitiveness is his best uh, attribute. But uh, you know, we're thankful that he's willing to go out there and do that. I mean, uh, not many, not many guys our age uh, would would get in front of some of those shots out there. So we're appreciative. No, he was quick to let me know that he was trying to build the confidence in the shooters out there. Uh, so it was. Uh, I, t- I told him we appreciate that too. Darren. <laughs> you know the thing about Darren is honestly he he gets sniped on quite a bit, but he uh, he's laughing and hooting and hollering and chirping guys, and I think that's the best part. I mean, if you're getting picked apart and you're still chirping guys, I think, you know, he's happy to be out there, and we're happy to have him out there. He's awesome. He's a good influence out there, and um, and he, he even saves, you know, a few on the two-on-ones and stuff, and I, I think that as a D-man, I appreciate it when the forwards get frustrated. So when, when he contributes to that, I think it's uh, it's awesome to see him out there, and I, I think the most important thing is he comes out and he has fun. You know, that's why we play the game, and uh, and I think when he comes in, you, you kind of get a, a quick reminder that, just how fun the game is, um, and you got to take that into day and day, and um, you know that's what's exciting. That's what's exciting for me, and, and a kind of a little wake-up call sometimes. Uh, you know, especially when we have our other backup goalies that come in, um, they're out there, you know, smiling, laughing, and it's a good reminder for me to, um, you know, keep that in my game. So it's yeah, Darren was Darren's fun to have out there. Thank you, Zach. You know, that's a really interesting point, though. And it kind of go, goes back to what you were talking about with Zach Whitecloud and just getting different types of answers mm-hmm. from Zach. It's a job, right? Like, going out, playing in the National Hockey League, it's a job. That's why and I never want to be a PGA golfer. And Because, like, playing golf when it's your job would suck. 
Well, Playing golf for fun is great. Well, from what I've been told, I don't think you ever have to worry about that. It generally, no. golf, whatever. We can leave. We can take that and leave yeah. that. That's fine. But my like my point is, like, these guys, they've gotten to the pinnacle. They're in this league, and it is, it is everything. And I think it's nice to have those reminders every now and again that, you know, there are people out there that just love the game, and everyone loves the game in a different way. But getting you on the ice and having you just be out there having fun. It can rub off. Like, that's awesome. I, I will say this. I go into every skate with these guys when, when I do get the chance to skate with whoever. Yeah. To just keep it simple and and try and be seen but not heard. Mm-hmm. And then I can't help myself. Like, I'll make a save and I'll who, start chirping. Who did you chirp the most today? Uh, who did I sh- chirp the most? Uh, no, it was spread around a little bit because I didn't stop many guys over and over. <laughs> Uh, but they, well, there was one with Riley Smith where I where I made a nice save on Riley. Yep. And and Nick Walk skated by and, and gave me congrats. And I said, Hey, do you think Riley will sign that for me after? And and I was joking with him. And and Nick went to Riley during the practice mm-hmm. at the end of the practice. And then, uh, unbeknownst to me, uh, Keegan Kolasar flipped a puck over to me, and I ha- had I just tapped it back to him. And yep. Kolasar said, No, read it. And I looked down, and it was in gold sharpie on a puck. It said, "Congrats on your save, <laughs> Riley Smith." So, I, uh, I I took that puck and I put it on my desk as a as a little souvenir. Like he could have he could have just said, "Congrats on a great practice," yeah. and 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 left it at that. But no, it was it was "Congrats on your save, Riley Smith." So those little kind of oh things. But I I I I chirp. I chirp literally everybody. You that, thought uh, you thought you got the last laugh in that one, and it just comes back to bite you. The Colasar won the tip drill, and something happened, and then Petrangelo was shooting the pucks from the point, and he came down to, to get a couple of uh, from the corner. And mm-hmm. I said, uh, uh, I thought he was gonna Colasar was gonna tip that one that you scored, uh, so I didn't move to that side. And he said, Yeah, that was the idea. Like we were, but it was it, it was it was just fun. It was it was it was cool. And uh, thanks to Pete DeBoer, Mike Rosati, uh, the coaches, uh, the goalie coach uh, in particular, and um, all the coaches were, were were great out there. And the players, it was it was. Dodonov asked me on the on the bench, <laughs> how often do you get to skate? And I'm I'm not sure whether he meant that like you look good because you're skating a lot, or mm-hmm. yeah. maybe you should skate more. You didn't follow I, up with him. I what are you what are you doing? No, because I, I I was gonna say Big Daddy, listen. No 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 no, Go no. Daddy, no no. Uh, Even <laughs> worse. But as as we were as we were having our exchange, I was thinking about the nickname uh, thing yesterday. But yeah, uh, yeah. No, it was uh it was it was a lot of fun. I I hope I get to do it again. Uh, if I never do it again, I skated with the National Hockey League team on a game day, which is was pretty cool. I would never want to be an e bug. No. Like that. Not. Really? I wouldn't want that pressure. I'm really good over there on that TV set. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm disappointed that uh, that it got out because now uh, now I'm I'm busted. Yeah, it's okay. But I did tell Pete if you guys if you guys don't win tonight, mm-hmm. I've done everything I can do. Don't blame me because I've done everything I can do for the confidence. Mm, yeah, <laughs> of the group. If if they don't score eight tonight, it, it could be the opposite. They yeah. think it's so easy, it's so easy <laughs> that, that they won't be able to score. All of a sudden, it gets hard. 
We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. And welcome back to the VGK Insider Show. It is the best of here on this December the 23rd. Darren, Ryan, and myself. We're all home with our families getting ready for Christmas, and uh, we hope you are enjoying the holiday season and get ready for your big Christmas day with your family as well. On Monday, Ryan took the day off, so Darren and myself, we talked a little bit about the possibility of NHL players not going to the Olympics. Of course, we know that that is not going to happen now, and we also chatted with Brian McCormick, of course, the play-by-play voice of the Henderson Silver Knights, and they had a pretty cool event on Sunday that took place when they hosted the Abbotsford Canucks. They had the lucky launch, and we got to chat with a little bit with Brian McCormick about that. We hope you enjoy it. Again, it is a best-of segment here on the VGK Insider Show. And I'll be back in a little bit to get you ready for the next segment. We hope you are enjoying the show so far. So let's get back to this Olympic thing, just to put a bow on that. So player, if the National Hockey League, the NHLPA, say, no, we're not going to go. No participation for the second straight Olympic Games. But you have a player who goes to his owner and says, what do you think? Could I go? I wonder if that player will be allowed to participate. And what kind of thoughts, what kind of opinions would people have in that? Because I can see Ovi asking. I can see Ovi wanting to go no matter what, trying to go. Would others follow suit? Would you get a, a, a player who's maybe in his window for Team USA? Last chance. It's wide open tournament. Let's do it. Even with the risks. Because there's going to be risks somewhere. Because they're still going to have a hockey tournament. Like Players are still going. It's just whether or not they're in the National Hockey League or not. And if they're still going to have a tournament and the National Hockey League doesn't participate with their players en masse, will you have a handful just on the periphery go to their owner, probably work your way up, coach, general manager, and owner. Although Ovi might just go straight to the owner. Now, my memory is a little foggy on this, but wasn't there some kind of issue with him and a little bit of controversy for Pyeongchang a couple of years ago? I'm not sure exactly what you're like. I, at. Like, I think did did he wanted to go? He wanted to go, yeah. and he he I I think he he considered maybe taking the time off. Yes, and and going anyway. Yes. Now. No, I don't. I don't remember if if his owner was it Leotis. Is that his Leonsis? Leonsis. If he stood in the way of that, I, I'm trying to remember the exact situation. But even four years ago, he still had 2022. Yeah, yeah. And the potential of best on best. Yeah. 2026, Cortina <sighs> is Alexander Ovechkin. A big part of that team. How old is he? Forty something. No, he still he, he might still be chasing Wayne Gretzky at that point. Yeah, <laughs> but is 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 he Alexander Ovechkin 
being able to contribute to an Olympic gold. And I, I'm using Ovi as the example, but there might uh, there there could very well be Canadian, American, Swedes who see this as their window. Ovi's been lucky. He's played in multiple Olympic games. Yeah, he, Jonathan did, Taves did has played play in multiple Olympic. Yeah. Yeah, they lost multiple right? Olympic games. Yeah, it was uh, Finland. A tragic disappointment for for Russia. Yeah, but good. But what if what if this is your one chance to play in the Olympic Games? Yeah, like your your stock has risen over the last five years, three years, two years, to where you're it. You can play on that Olympic team for your federation. The league says we're not going. Do you knock on the door? Uh, I think I do. I'm, if I'm if I'm being honest, I think I do. Because the opportunity, first of all, now now you know it's probably going to be a watered down field, so the chances of meddling increase with with you being added to the roster if you're an NHL player with elite players, yeah, yeah. So you know, especially if I'm a Russian player, because you're the defending champ, you know that they're going to be probably the favorite if the NHL opts out. If I'm, do you a- think the National Hockey League withdraws from the Olympic Games? The players? No, I don't. You don't? I don't. I do. Do you? I, I, and, I think, and, and I was a thousand percent the other way two weeks ago. I think the National Hockey League will pull out of the Olympic Games in, in Beijing. And that's a player's th- decision, right? That well, the National Hockey League has says has said it's up to the players. So it's up to the NHLPA. Yeah, in consultation with the NHL. Like okay. I think there's a lot of dialogue. Well, if there. you put it that way, then yeah, I, I think there's probably gonna be a lot of pressure from the league to not to not do this. But given that, if they withdraw, I think we still have a handful of players to go. I, I love the idea of Ovechkin saying, you know what? I'm, I'm going. just going to go anyway. I'm going. And, and I know he's the prime example, but I love the idea of, of other players. You know, I mean, hey, there may be guys on the Golden Knights, and they may say, you know what? This is my only opportunity. Every federation is yes. going to have one or two players like that. Yeah. Maybe, maybe someone from Denmark, right? Their only chance to do this. I'm, I, if I'm the player, I'm strongly considering it. Mm-hmm. I am too. We'll watch with uh, with interest. But just because the National Hockey League or the Players Association withdraw in the next 72 hours or next week, don't think that there might not be a couple that say, I'm going anyway, or we'll try to go anyway. Uh, slide over to uh, the Henderson Silver Knights uh, coming off a big performance uh, yesterday in the lucky launch, uh, back-to-back games against the Abbotsford Canucks, uh, calling the action, Brian McCormick, uh, uh, for the Henderson Silver Knights. Uh, how, how was the lucky launch before we get too far into things uh, with the Henderson Silver Knights? And is it true that you were the one that created the lucky launch slogan? Uh, that is outright false. Uh, I, I believe the idea for the lucky launch name uh, came from Lucky himself. Hmm. Uh, but he's rather mute. I'm the only one who can hear and understand him, so I take credit for most of his good ideas. Uh, but it went very, very well. Uh, I think we're hoping to have an official count of, of wh- how many were collected tomorrow. Uh, I think they expect to have a, a number tomorrow. They, they got them off to Toys for Tots as quickly as they could yesterday. As Of course, Christmas is quickly approaching, but uh, we should know how many tomorrow. But uh, really, really good turnout, uh, almost 5,000 people, and pretty much everyone brought at least one bear with them. So, you know, it should be a really good haul for Toys for Tots uh, and a lot of fun. And uh, it's always fun to see the first uh, edition of a new tradition. And, you know, for, for everyone's first try, I was extremely impressed, and it's only going to get better every year from here on out. What was your fill strategy when, when the Henderson Silver Knights uh, scored the goal? 
my Phil strategy, well, I had Darren Elliott with me. So, oh, so you didn't even have to talk. There you go. I said, look at that, and then we were good for about five minutes. <laughs> uh, but, By the know, way, was... I say that because Elliot listens to this show every day and, and tells me what he likes and what, what he thought that I was totally wrong on. So it's usually a long conversation on the uh, what I was wrong on part. No, it was, it, it's, it was an unbelievable work with Darren for back-to-back games. We got to work together, which is so much fun. We've done a few together this year. Um, but we, we got to speak with, uh, shame on me, Sergeant John Paul Adiv, I believe was, was the last name, uh, from the Marine Corps, which, of course, they run the Toys for Tots program. He was able to give us some uh, information on what the Marine Corps is doing, and then they're just helping you know millions of kids uh, across the country uh, make sure that everyone has something for Christmas this year. So that helps fill a little bit of time. Uh, my throw landed about 18 rows short of where it had to be, so some good uh, self-deprecation ate up another couple of minutes. Um, but amazingly, for the thousands and thousands of bears that were on the ice, the crew had it cleaned up in seven and a half minutes. Uh, we had someone running a stopwatch to, to let us know how, uh, how much of a hindrance we were to hockey, uh, and it was seven and a half minutes, which is remarkably quick. Uh, so I didn't have to fill that much time at all. It, it worked. Uh, I've, I've had more more juggling to do when a pane of glass breaks than I did for the teddy bear toss. So. I, I like it when the players get out there and start uh, stick handling with the with the stuffies and trying to get everything cleaned up. We, I, I love that too. And unfortunately, we couldn't do that with with COVID protocols. They had the players go straight to the bench and kind of wait there, which is kind of funny because it almost had the look for a lot of them of that kid who shows up at the playground while a basketball game is going on is just waiting for someone to invite them to join. Just, oh, maybe if I, maybe if I look, look down at my shoes, someone will feel bad for me and invite me to jump into a bear pile. Uh, and it never happens. So next year, hopefully we'll get more of the, uh, the spectacle aspect from the player standpoint. But um, I do believe Paul Cotter was wearing a microphone when it happened. Uh, so we might see something from that at some point. I don't know how that'll turn out, but I think we, we might have uh, Paul Cotter as the uh, on the ice correspondent when all is said and done. But uh, it was it was a, gr- a great event. I know players next year are going to look look forward to getting back to it. I asked uh, uh, Joel Ward. Uh, so you know, Jonas Romberg scored the teddy bear goal. I was like, well, you got to get something for that, right? A, a cupcake, get to keep a bear or something. Uh, I don't think that's the case. So you know, going going forward in the future, we'll have to come up with some sort of a, a reward system for that as well for the player side. Brian McCormick's the voice of the Henderson Silver Knights. Uh, a big win yesterday uh, over the Abbotsford Canucks and uh, the teddy bear toss. Uh, the lucky launch was held yesterday. Before we get uh, into it, there sounded like there was some some like, sort of pent-up emotion when you're talking about being at the playground and nobody inviting you out to, to play basketball. Do you want? Is there a story there from your childhood that you want to share with us? No, no, I never went to the playground. It was more my brothers and my sister not inviting me in the backyard. It was closer to home. I showed them. Uh, things are back to normal on the VGK front uh, with the roster. Uh, how has the trickle-down been to getting back to normal on the Henderson Silver Knights side? You know, it's been, uh, it's been tremendous. The impact of the players that were VGK regulars, LeCision, Ron Beard, Cotter, they've come back uh, and they've maintained that high level. And, you know, any, I'm not privy to any conversation that they had with the coaching staff, but you can imagine any time you get sent down, it's, hey, you've done good things, keep it up and make it back here. Well, if, if that's what the conversation was, that's what they've been doing. Uh, Jake LeCision has five goals in seven games now. He had uh, seven all of last season, so he, he's found a new level. And uh, really, for, for Jake LeCision, the thing that's been so standout is that all of his offense, everything, is coming from right in front. You know, he's scoring in a, a, a Thomas Holmstrom kind of manner, just redirect deflections and, and goals from six inches out. 
Uh, and I asked him, I said, well, surely in, in junior, Regina, or something, you must have been a net front guy somewhere. And he says, I honestly, on the power play, I never really have been. This is kind of new. But, you know, for the coaching staff, they just, uh, you know, uh, assign a lot of the success to, to, to confidence. You know, he wants the puck in his stick, but he's also going to areas where he knows the puck is going to be, uh, and the finish has been phenomenal. So, you know, for Jake LeCision, Jonas Rombier, last year they were go-to players defensively, go-to penalty killers, reliable 200-foot forwards. This year, they're they're not only scoring more, but they're being relied on to score more. They're being asked to be, you know, goal scorers late in one goal hockey games, uh, and they're they're cashing in again and again. So, uh, not only have Jake Lecision and Jonas Rombier had great seasons because they've gotten significant NHL experience, they're just flat out better hockey players right now than they were last season. And everyone was thrilled with the progress they made a year ago. So, nothing but uh, but good news on both of their fronts. Uh, and as the Silver Knights get a little healthier as well, Jack Dugan is playing up points uh, right away again. He's had a lot of injuries in the first couple of months. Uh, he's playing close to a point-per-game pace. So d- definitely a shot in the arm of offense for the Silver Knights over the last couple of weeks. His name is Brian McCormick. Uh, you hear him calling the Henderson Silver Knights games on both the, the radio and on television. And uh, it's a, a Silver Knights team that's had to balance uh, between the uh, call-ups and the injuries themselves are above 500 and coming off a weekend split against the uh, Abbotsford Canucks uh, Brian's with us on the BGK Insider Show in Fox Sports Las Vegas. So, so you mentioned Dugan, who we didn't see up with with the Big Town Club uh, during the the rash of injuries, uh, but is a player that's starting to make an impact. Who who didn't come up, but maybe took advantage of their opportunity, uh, like Jake Lasician did when he was uh, given the uh, the avenue uh, to play with the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, you know that's a good question. I'll, I'll give you one answer that is accurate to what you asked, and one that's cheating a little. Uh, Pavel Dorofiev has basically been the, the most potent scorer over the course of the last few weeks. Uh, or, uh, sorry, pardon me, the first few weeks. He still leads the team in scoring, but he was the, the go-to offensive guy. First came out of the gate uh, with goals in three straight games, and then after that went a little bit dry goal-scoring-wise, but was setting up everybody else. He was kind of the engine. Everything was running through. Um and Daniel Miramanov on the back end, again, close to a point per game. You know, it's been such a strange year. Uh, and the whole, the COVID element is, I think, just starting to obviously make a, a more significant impact now than it did earlier in the season. But certain parts of the year, because of the call-ups and, and that, that situation league-wide, it feels like it's hard to put a, a finger on the pulse of what the all-star ballot picture would look like. But I would think that Daniel Miramanov would, would certainly garner some attention on the back end. Um, but another guy who I think made an impact, and he did get called up, but, but briefly, um, Ben Jones, who made his NHL debut, but predominantly has been with the Silver Knights this season. Uh, boy, did he really step into a top six role, and he's pretty much maintained that top six role, and he fits into the same conversation as what Romberg and LeCision and Cotter fit into, which is to say his rookie year, ra- rather uh, quiet numbers, last year, Better, showed a little bit of a spark, but just looking like he was trying to figure it out. This year, already almost matching the numbers from all of last season. He's been good around the net, he's been aggressive, and he's been shooting. And especially shorthanded, there's a little extra jump in his step uh, that Ben Jones is a, a legitimate 20-goal guy-looking kind of player this year. And uh, again, with some of the roster absences, he was asked to be more of that uh, in the first couple of months of this season than he was a year ago. Brian McCormick from the Henderson Silver Knights uh, coming off the lucky launch and uh, split with the Abbotsford Canucks. So what's your schedule leading up to and then after Christmas? Yeah, so the uh, the Ontario Reign are in town uh, for Wednesday. 
and then that'll be the last game before the break. Uh, and then the team goes on the road when they come back. Uh, first game back is going to be the 29th. Uh, it's going to be a trip that goes through San Diego and Ontario. Ontario will be New Year's Eve. Uh, and then home against Ontario again, if I'm not mistaken, on New Year's Day. Uh, make sure that you're not mistaken because it would be embarrassing if uh, if you showed up at the wrong rink. I, I, I always show up early. <laughs> I always show up early enough to realize I'm the only guy there, and then I correct course and I find out where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. It would be really <laughs> bad, though, if you're at Orleans and you're supposed to be in Ontario. <laughs> that's, at least that's a drive I can make by the knife. <laughs> If I was supposed to be in Abbotsford, that would be a bigger pickle. Uh, just, on, just on the COVID front, uh, is anything you saw the release from the National Hockey League working with the Players Association? They're going to forge ahead, uh, no shutdown. Uh, there's some postponements in the AHL, but just a big picture. Uh, what do you see? Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's a day by day thing, like anything else, right? I've heard nothing uh, regarding our plan. So as far as I'm concerned, you know, the way the schedule reads is how we're going forward for the moment. Um, I, I will say that you know usually, and this was the case last year, the AHL has the ability to make its own decisions and do what it thinks is right and work with the PHPA for whatever decisions they have to make. But but it's usually if the NHL makes a decision and makes a move, sometimes that can dictate the direction the AHL is going. And there's obviously congruence between the two leagues with the affiliations. And now so many of the minor league teams like the Silver Knights are in the same city as their affiliates so if it affects the parent why wouldn't it affect the sibling uh so right now i've heard nothing uh we're, we're going along as planned hopefully this uh, situation is a brief one uh at all levels um but but obviously everything is rather tentative in the the world in which we currently live uh i enjoyed listening to you and darren elliott uh, the last couple of games uh keep up the great work we'll uh listen to you again on wednesday as the golden knights play tuesday thursday and as the henderson silver knights against ontario on wednesday night at Orleans arena uh be safe and happy holidays buddy thank you darren if i don't see you just behave yourself on christmas uh you won't be able to see me and i will not behave myself uh, that's my one day to be the biggest pest in the world to my kids and i take full advantage of it well, then good luck to you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, there's Brian McCormick, voice of the Henderson Silver Knights, uh, one of the coolest guys uh, that I've got a uh, chance to meet in and around uh, this journey into the Las Vegas Valley. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome back to the VGK Insider Show. It is the best of Thursday, December the 23rd. Chapman here with you, getting ready for the second hour. There were no games last night, so there is no play of the day. Hopefully, we'll be able to start back up on Monday as the Golden Knights get ready to host the Avalanche following the Christmas break. Coming up in hour number two, Darren has a conversation with Pete DeBoer and the three of us, Darren, myself, and Ryan, we will all give out our Christmas gifts for the 2021 Christmas season. So uh, you're going to want to stick around, listen to that, and uh, you never know what other Christmas song you're going to hear on the show today. But uh, stick around. Hour number two coming up right after this.